I am an artist living in beautiful Vermont, USA, and I have a lot of questions. So I engage the minds of the people that I meet, poets, writers, artists. I explore what's inside and share it with you. My name is Ricky McEachran, and I am eager to know. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Eager to Know. Today, I have a special guest. I have a local resident who is an artist. You are a dancer, dance instructor. You are a writer, an overall creative individual. Matt Peake, welcome to Eager to Know. Thanks for having me. So did I cover everything? We had, uh, I know you do pastels and paints. You do um, dance instruction and dancing. And then also you shared with me that you do writing. Is there any other creative outlet that I didn't mention? Um, you know, I try to be creative in everything I do, whether that's cooking um, or, or uh, playing with kids or people um, and maybe even uh, um, uh, collaborating in, 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 in projects with people and collaborative art and collaborative uh, um, activities, yeah. So what does it mean to be creative in, in interacting with children? Or I think I know I know what it's like to be creative in, in the kitchen with cooking, <laughs> but in those other areas, what does that mean? What what does that look like for you? You know, I I guess um, if I go into a situation with curiosity and just being open to to what's going on, um, and and just see what the in this case the kids are interested in, and then and then play with them, play along, suggest things, um, um, see where they're going with something, and then embellish it. Um, so I, I guess I guess I, uh, I I I tend to I have this this um, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse but I like to do things differently all the time mm. and so when I approach things whether it's speaking or whether it's it's uh, play I, I I try to I try to make up stuff as I go. That sounds that sounds like that would make life very interesting. I think it is. So sometimes uh, other people get tired of trying to figure out where I'm going with my kind of uh, my can, ideas. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, you mentioned cr uh, curiosity, and obviously the title of this podcast is Eager to Know. I am an extremely curious per person, and that curiosity has definitely helped in my, in my creativity. I'm constantly asking people all sorts of questions. Um, I recently was with a friend's nieces who were eighth grade and third, eighth grade and third grade. And um, I was very curious about them. I was asking, what are they doing in school? What are they studying? What are, and I wasn't trying to just like make small talk. I was genuinely curious about what is going on with kids and my friend sort of commented that he doesn't normally interact with them in that way. Um, I think he sort of was the type that is giving advice and things like that as opposed to asking a lot of questions. No, I think that's a great way to be. And at least what it tells the child or the other person you're with is you're interested in them. And yeah. then it lets them open up and it lets yeah. them be free and express themselves. So that's a great, that's a great approach, I, I think, whether you're, you know, Two or twenty-two or uh, or even older, so it's it's a great way. Um, you know, I I uh, um, I started I started out in in uh, life, and I don't know how this happened, but um, somehow 
helping people was something that got instilled in me from early childhood. And, and, I, and again, I, I, don't know, I don't know where that came from, but I know when I was in, in high school, I had a good friend, and we were talking about what do you want to be when you grow up, and um, he was going to be a doctor. He, he, he wanted to go on to college medical school, and you know, I thought, geez, that would be a good way to help people. So I think when I first started out, um, I headed off to college with the idea of being a doctor. And I, and I guess I wanted to be a doctor that could help people of all ages, uh, young to old, different varieties. And, and so when I got to college, that was my goal, do pre-medical classes, become a doctor. And, and, In uh, the spirit of helping people. Yes, yes. Um, what, what happened in college, though, was that I started getting exposed to things that were really interesting, like... Beethoven and a music class that I took. I took a music class. I took art history classes. I took studio art classes, a history of the film. I, I just got I just got interested in so many different things, and and I took a class in uh, a design. And they gave you two, two. Uh, well, they gave you twenty uh, problems to solve. Ten were visual, three um, D, and and ten were two D. And I started you know generating these things. And halfway through the class, the instructor says. You know, you got some real talents in the art field. Maybe you should consider a career in the art. And you had, in high school, you had never done much with visual arts or arts? You know, it's funny. My mom was great at rendering. You know, she helped me with school projects. She could draw really well. And I said, as a kid, I want to do that. And I did some art in, in, in grade school. But my, my, my parents, especially my father, uh, was not really a fan of the arts. Yeah. And, and uh, my mom was, but my, my dad wasn't, and he kind of directed things more or less. So, so when, it, when it came time to decide on a, uh, you know, a path, um, the, the art career wasn't something that he really encouraged. And, and, but he did love the idea of me being a doctor. Okay, okay. Um, but I did do something. I did do some things in the, in the art uh, kind of realm. But, but again, it, it, I, wasn't, I wasn't as great as I, some other kids in school really good at rendering. I mean, rendering was, I thought, the way to Meaning to be illustration. Illustration, drawing beautifully recognizable kind of images mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and, and so um, I didn't think I was that good at it. But I loved it. I loved right. the, the, the uh, creativity of it. Um, Anyway, when I, when I came home from my junior year, uh, middle of the junior year, and I told them I'm thinking of changing careers, changing majors, um, at, the, at the dinner table, my parents were completely silent. They said, there's no way you're going to do that. You know, a man has to, you know, provide for the family. They have to have a good job. Art's not going to do it. You've got to get a job that you can take care of a family for it. So they said, we don't support that. And, you know, they were, they were helping me pay the school bills, so I went along. And by went along, did you, were you upset? Were you mad? Or were you just back on track and kind of forgot about it? I, I was devastated. I went back. I took it incomplete in the design class. In other words, I didn't finish it. And all my projects were laying out on the, on the uh, table, and, and some of the, the kids in my dorm they said, you're not Picasso, you're peak asshole, because I was like taking up valuable counter space with all my projects. But anyway, so I never finished it, and, and I, I dedicated myself to finishing uh, as a major in, in chemistry. Um, For your undergrad, with the intention of going in medical and, school. And applied to medical school, went to medical school, okay. yeah. Now, going to medical school seems like uh, that's four years, plus you have residency. To right. me, that sounds like something that you're it's about rules 
and following what someone else has figured out and adhering to protocols, that doesn't sound like there's any creativity at all. You know, to a large extent, you're right. Okay. You know, they've, there's, there's, there's uh, what we call algorithms. You know, you start here and you have a, a break point and you choose yes or no, and then you go down here. And, I mean, there's a lot of algorithms to follow for, for uh, deciding, you know, well, what disease do you have or what are you, what are you coming in and with? And those are algorithms that someone else figured That's out. That's right. So you That's are right. just, it, you are following the rules, so to speak. Right. I think the creativity comes in and asking the questions yeah. and being curious, which again is, yeah. is, is something that, that I think helps um, if you give time and let the person talk and express themselves and, and can, 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 can maybe uh, uh, delineate what they're feeling, where it came from and all that, then you can kind of guide your, your path to diagnosing uh, what they have. Um, but again, there's, there's, there's various diseases, there's various patterns of diseases, and your job is to try, try to fit your complaints into a pattern and say, oh, it's congestive heart failure, or oh, it's a pneumonia or something, but you, you do follow these, these basic kind of rules to get there. How do you think all of those years of studying and practicing medicine has affected your creative output? Like if we think about if you never did that, if, you're, if you rebelled mm -hmm. and actually did not pursue medicine but yeah. pursued art, where you would be compared to where you are now. Um, and the reason why I ask yeah. that is I have a degree in engineering. Mm. So that is a very, it's kind of similar in medicine yeah. in that yeah, yeah. I'm basically reproducing um, knowledge patterns and rules that somebody else had. And that has definitely affected, mm. well, certainly a, a lot of my life, um, but it definitely comes through in my art. Have you ever thought about how those years of using those types of brain cycles have affected your creative output? You know, I, I, I had an interesting conversation with the artist about this because he also came from a scientific background, biology career. And, and you know, I think, I think how I see myself as an artist is solving problems. Mm. If somebody comes in with a question, I'm trying to help them solve a problem. Mm. Maybe you're solving an engineering problem, but it's, it's solving a problem. So. You know, when you're when you're when you're painting something or creating something, um, inevitably you get stuck, or you mm -hmm. come to a point where you don't know which way to go, and you have to take a look at it in a more analytical way and say, okay, does this need more color? Does this need more uh, black? Does this need darker, lighter? You know, you you kind of ask these questions maybe systematically, like an engineer or a clinician would, and then and then you you get guided into into your into your next step. So I think some of that. Some of that um, came from the, the science background and the, and the uh, um, uh, kind of fields that I was in. I think the other thing um, that, that I've noticed about um, me is I don't think I'm the, the smartest guy in the world, but, but I do have this drive to finish, to keep going, this perseverance. So sometimes um, it's just a matter of, of, of kind of getting up and doing the work, you know, every day. When I started in, in uh, um, I, you know, changed careers. I went from medicine full-time to painting full-time. You know, I felt like a poser, you know. I hadn't gone to art school. I hadn't gotten a BFA, MFA. Um, it, was, it was as if I was saying I was an artist, but I wasn't. Um, and and this, this artist I was talking about, the biology turned artist, said, just get up and paint. Mm. And, and that's what I did. So for six, seven hours a day, I just get up and paint. And, and, I, and, and you know, gradually acquired the, 
the skills, the confidence to, to then say, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I'm an artist. That part of your personality or that part of your being that is very, has that stick to where do you think that comes from? Do you think that was a result of genetics? You were born with that? Do you think it was a combination of genetics and pro uh, proper guidance from parents and teachers? Or a combination? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I go back to to my childhood, and you know, I did I did decently in school, um, and um, but I wasn't perfect. Like I'd come. Didn't I, you graduate valedictorian of your high school? <laughs> I did. Okay. But that's, I mean, but I mean, in grade, but in grade school, in grade school, you know, I'd I'd come back and I'd have like an A minus, and my mom would say, "Honey, that's really good, but next time bring it up to an A." Mm. So there was always this sense of. I mean, on the one hand, it was not good enough, but on the other hand, it was like, you can, you know, keep trying, do better, keep excelling, mm. keep trying to, to improve. So I got, you know, both messages from my mom. It was my mom's kind of, um, that I remember. So in some ways, I was always, you know, trying to improve, trying to get better, trying to, to uh, excel. Um, yeah, yeah, I was valedictorian in my high school. I graduated with distinction in college. You know, I mean, I, I kind of did the hard work. Yeah. So go, going back to being valedictorian, that to me, that means you have the or ha, that you had the ability as a young boy where young boys are all over the place to actually stay focused on a task mm -hmm. and to stay focused on a task. <laughs> that is not something that happens a lot that that seems to be something that is not always yeah. that common. And it sounds like you must have had that early on. Yeah, you know, everything is kind of probably multiply uh, um, driven. But you know, I had a good friend in high school, and, and the two of us uh, were constantly egging each other on and, and, and challenging each other. And, and it, the, the truth of it is, is that there were really three valedictorians. We were all so close that they decided they would just call us Try valedictorians, okay. but but he and I, this other this other guy. I mean, we talked on the phone every night. We were like helping each other with work. I mean, it was mm -hmm. like it was like that camaraderie, the collaboration mm -hmm. of 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 sort of doing high school together with somebody that I think um, you know challenged us. And he was the one that went on to be a doctor, and I wanted to sort of follow in his in his path. And so you both why. became doctors. Yes, right. And what happened to the other valedictorian? Do you know? Uh, he went into business and worked for an oil company. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you got into medicine because you had a, uh, a drive to help people. Yeah. And do you feel that with what you're doing creatively, with painting, teaching dance, um, and your writing, do, do you feel like you are helping people? Do you feel like you're meeting that goal, and in what way? Well, that, that's 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 interesting because when I quit medicine, and you know, I was seeing 16 people a day. I had a staff that I worked with. I was talking to consultants on the phone all the time, so I had a lot of connection with people. But when I stopped medicine and started painting full time, 2006, I was in my studio alone, and and I didn't like it. I I and I definitely wasn't helping anybody except myself. Um, so, so what I ended up doing was after, after several months of doing this, I got good enough to say, you know, I could teach this. And, and I also started modeling. 
because I, I, my, my interest was people, so I started painting uh, people. Um, and so I, I did life drawing classes. I, I also modeled um, for, for uh, classes. And, and, and so I felt like I, I was helping somebody and helping them start in, in painting and get, and get uh, um, on their artistic careers. So yeah, so that was, that was I, I think, what I needed to do to feel like, you know, I was really, I was really um, um, you know, serving that need to, to be helpful to people. Um, you know, dancing, dancing is pretty helpful. Uh, I mean, not helpful. Dancing gives you a chance to, to uh, interact with people. Um, and, and once I'd been dancing for 15 or so years, um, I, I felt this urge to teach. I taught medical students for years and years, so I've always had this, this love of, of teaching people. Um, and then, of course, teaching uh, art, and then, and then so lately I've been teaching dance. And, and again, I, I'm not a, a, a certified instructor of dance, but I know more than most people who are just starting dancing, so I feel like I have something to offer. And I think what I'm offering, too, is the encouragement, that energy, that enthusiasm to, to, to sort of move to music and to move with a partner and enjoy that, that, uh, that feeling of, of, of dancing with someone. And you are currently, so in terms of teaching that you're doing, dance is currently the only thing that you're doing. Um, yeah, as far as teaching goes. As teaching, okay. Yeah. And if somebody was interested in um, your classes, uh, it's at Main Street Arts in Saxons River, Vermont. Yeah. And we are recording this in October of 2023. So I don't know <laughs> when people are going to be listening to this. Right, right. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're kind of bringing dance to Main Street Arts is one of their many art offerings. Yeah, yeah. Matt, one of the creative outputs that you are engaged in is writing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I guess I started out by saying I try to introduce a creative aspect to a lot of things that I do in life. And it's funny because on, on my SATs, I got high scores in math and science, but I, I got kind of medium scores in verbal. So I, I don't feel like I got a great vocabulary or a great um, uh, um, kind of depth of, of knowledge in, in, in writing. But, but I like playing with words. I like alliteration. I like puns. I like, I like, uh, I like conversing. And um, I also like people and, and relationships. And I, and I guess um, somewhere along the line, this is maybe a, a dozen or more years ago, I got interested in writing about relationships. And I uh, read a book by Anne Lamott called Bird by Bird, which she describes her process of writing, which basically means introduce a character, introduce another character, develop the characters, have them interact, and see what happens. And it's kind of counterintuitive. You think, well, shouldn't we know what's going to happen? But sometimes if you just put two people together who you're faithfully developed and, and faithfully can represent their, their, their ways of acting and reacting, you can kind of create something out of, well, you don't know where it's going to go. And so I started, you know, I started writing about um, these kind of things in, in uh, ah, boy, in the, in the early 2000s. And you know, I had some friends that encouraged me. And you know, for me, there's a, there's a, uh, I don't know. I've I've always felt a, a, um, a, a aliveness flirting with people. You know, flirt with men, flirt with women. I I just like that interaction, that that frisson that's created by by the, you know, the sexual kind of interaction. I think we all have to some extent. And maybe I'm I'm only speaking for um, myself here, but. 
But anyway, a lot of my writing involves people who I, I put together, um, create a, a, uh, um, an interaction that leads to a tension point, a crisis point, and then a development out of that that, that leads one or both of them to a different person. They become, they change. Um, there's always a sexual element in it, and so uh, some, some people call that erotica for English majors because there's a, you know, there's a, uh, more than just the sexual content, there's the evolution of the characters. So I started, I started writing this um, and, and uh, um, you know, got published on some, some sites that, that were, that were uh, um, you know, fun, good editors, helped me out with writing and, and, and were, were really helpful. And I've, you know, I've continued it and, and um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know, I, I, find it, I find it fun to, to just play with characters and invent sort of uh, people and, and, their, and then their reactions as they, interactions as they, uh, as they kind of interact. Yeah. That sounds fascinating, particularly the thing that kind of got me excited was you talking about flushing out two characters and then having them interact live. It's almost like starting a painting and you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. You, didn't, yeah. you didn't sketch yeah. it out and didn't do an yeah. underpainting. Yeah. Um, and that sounds so interesting. I am particularly interested in, uh, I have a lot of things that I'm doing right now, but creative writing is definitely something that I'm going to have to look at at some time at some point because I feel like it relates very much to very much to painting um, and then I also you know I'm playing piano it relates to that it's like storytelling and it's a new way of um, it's a, a creative language obviously it is mm. but in the same way that learning music theory and piano is a creative language and learning skills in painting is a creative language I would love to be able to do it with writing. Did you go to classes to learn how to do this? No, I just I just read well Anne Lamott's book, and then uh, Stephen King wrote a book on, on writing, writing yeah. which which he which he did tell tell Hill's process, and it was very similar. He just puts two characters in a situation and sees what develops. And I and I didn't believe it could happen, but it really it really can. It really can. No, someday I'd like to interview you about music and how it's influencing painting, because for me, dance has subtly influenced how I paint. I started, I started doing um, paintings of, of people, nudes holding fruit. And then I did, I did a series from above. And, and when I did this series, people were commenting. They said, it looks like dancers. Mm. Now, I did not consciously say, you know, I'm, I'm composing these in, in any fashion like dance, but yet it came out yes. like that. And now you're talking about how music kind of works through your painting and and to me that's a little bit harder for me to understand because the dancing aspect I can you know I can see uh, the human brain <laughs> is really interesting it is really really Gotta interesting. Love it. Gotta yeah love it. it's definitely more art than science up here <laughs> for, I think for everyone I don't know if yeah. people most people realize that yeah yeah so yeah. well this was wonderful I could continue talking to you for another hour but um, so we'll definitely have you back and uh, we can continue this conversation. And it sounds like you have some more questions for me. Yeah, so we'll definitely yeah. have your ba back if you're up for it. But thank you so much for uh, being part of uh, Eager to Know. I'm very privileged. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.